This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are in Exodus chapter 11. Yesterday we dealt with Pharaoh. We're going to turn now to Moses because the truth is Pharaoh and everything that he's done is over with. Uh, His power, his ability to effectuate history and time has ended. His hard-heartedness has caused him not only to destroy himself and to destroy his nation, but it has put Moses in the highest position. It has made him the person of favor and the person of influence. And it ultimately, in the last plague and the deliverance that comes from that, and the final plague is the plague of death. And remember, uh, that is a calamity that is the most common to man. It's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment And God understands and relates to us through this story that death is the final, it is the final result of sinfulness of man. The Bible teaches us in Hebrews that through one man, death entered the world, and uh, that being Adam, and it was passed on from generation to generation, the sin of Adam, uh, and notice it's not the sin of Eve, it's the sin of Adam, is passed on from generation to generation, and uh, that that sin is broken by the second Adam, who is Jesus Christ, and he he makes a, his life an atoning sacrifice for our sin, and, and death, uh, the sting of physical death, is not going to prevail over the spirit. God provides us new life in the spirit, a new birth, a new spirit, and he gives us that holiness and that life. He gives us that life through Jesus Christ so that we don't face the second death, so that we don't deal with what is the second death, which is complete separation from God. The first death is complete separation from the environment and the world that God created, but that is overcome by the new life that God gives us in Jesus Christ, and we don't suffer the second death, which would be separation from God himself. And we see that that Pharaoh is going off the scene here. Now, he's going to try to do some things. He's going to try to uh, intervene and make things happen. We're going to see him come at the Israelites, but his ability and his power is totally broken. Once the lamb's blood is placed on the doorpost of the hearts of the Israelites, Pharaoh has no power over them. He's going to bluster. He's going to send his army. He's going to he's going to make threats, but he has no power over them. And uh, the same is true for us today. When, when Once Jesus Christ hung on that tree and that sacrifice was made, Satan's power was broken. The Bible tells us that he put to death he who had the power of death. And uh, Jesus Christ now has overcome sin and he's overcome death, and we are not 
in any way under the yoke of Satan, except that we place ourselves under that yoke, except that we choose to continue to walk in darkness. And the cool thing about that is at any point in time, you by your own will can choose God's will and choose not to walk in darkness when you're born again. You can't. You don't have to be under Satan's yoke. You don't have to be under a spirit of fear. He's not given us that spirit of fear. In fact, the Bible tells us he's given us a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. It's not a spirit of fear, but it's a spirit of hope. It's a spirit of life. It's a spirit of power. It's a spirit of his very nature, love. And it's a spirit of a sound mind, meaning the ability to choose God's will and choose what is the very best that God has given us, the ability to choose that on our own. We can actually, by our free will, choose God because he's given us that new spirit. He's given us that new life. And we see in verse 1 of 11, we went over this yesterday, but I want you to see how Pharaoh is passing off the scene of power and the atoning sacrifice that is made in the Lamb's blood is passing onto the scene of power. And the deliverer, who is Moses, who's a type of Christ, a picture of Christ here, is he's passing, he's coming onto the stage of world history, and uh, he is the deliverer, he's the prophet, and as far as this story is concerned, he is the most important figure in time and history now, not Pharaoh. It says, and the Lord said to Moses, I'll bring more, one more plague on Pharaoh and on Egypt. Afterwards, he will let you go from here. When he lets you go, he will surely drive you out of there altogether. What he's saying is, you're not going to be able to stay. What, what's about to happen is going to cause you to have to go. And God's that way about us. He, so many times believers think that they can live one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom. They believe they can operate in the world and do what they want to in the, and also be a part of the kingdom. That just doesn't work. You can't be a part of the world and part of the kingdom. And by the way, you're no longer, you're no longer a citizen of the world. You're no longer a person that has your place in this world. Now you're a part of the kingdom of God. And once you're a part of the kingdom of God, the world's never going to love you, never going to receive you, never going to accept you. They may take you in, they may use you, they may abuse you, but they're never ever going to receive you as one of theirs because you're not one of theirs. You are absolutely not one of theirs once the kingdom of God is unleashed, once the kingdom of God is placed inside of you. And remember, Jesus said you can't see that kingdom with careful observation because the kingdom of God is in the hearts of men now. And so once we're part of that kingdom, we're not a part of the world. And notice, Pharaoh's going to drive us out of the world. Why? Because we're, we're not a part of that anymore. That system and that order doesn't exist anymore. He says, speak now in the hearing of the people and let every man ask from his neighbor and every woman from her neighbor articles of silver and gold. And notice, they not only are kicked out of Egypt, they take the goodness of Egypt with them. They pillage Egypt. They take the gold and the silver, the gold representing the royalty of Christ, the silver representing the blood price paid for our sin. They take from the world all the goodness of the world. That's why we can be in the world and not of the world. That's how we can have God's very best in, in this life. We can walk in that very best in, his li in this life without worry or doubt. Because God has given us an open door. God has given us a way. God has made a way for us to live and have great, wonderful blessings, his very best in the midst of this world. Why? Because we're a part of his kingdom. And that kingdom is over this world. Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. What does that mean? The world has its power, 
but my kingdom's above this world. My kingdom has greater authority and greater power than this world. No matter what happens in this world, let me tell you, the world will kick and scream. Even some of the events of yesterday, the world's kicking and screaming about how things are trying to maintain control. But God's in control. I, I can promise you that. God's taking over. It's, he is totally in control. And the worldly kingdoms do not supplant the kingdom of heaven. It says, and the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of Egyptians. Notice, they not, not only are being driven out by the Egyptians, but they're getting favor in sight of the Egyptians. Why? Because where he is. It says, moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt. Notice that the deliverer is great in the land of Egypt. And if you talk about, talk to people today, non-believers today, if you talk to them about Jesus, you'll rarely find people saying negative things about Jesus. When you see something, somebody saying something real negative about Jesus, if you'll read and listen to what they're saying, that it, it sounds almost like Lucifer himself speaking. The bitterness, the hatred, the, the, ugliness of their heart is just so evident in what they say and how they say it. And so when I listen to the, that, I, oftentimes, and you won't hear it very much. You, rarely do you hear it. Lost people won't talk bad about Jesus. You know why? Because all the good things in the world that really have happened over the last 2,000 years are the result of what he said and done. If you want to know the real truth, the deliverance of 99% of the people of the world from poverty to a place where over 50% of the world is no longer in poverty comes from the culture that, that was born from uh, Judeo-Christianity, from the understandings and teachings of Jesus Christ. A lot, most of the giving in this world, most of the uh, charity that happens in this world comes from that same Judeo-Christian ethic. And you go to a place in the world where that is not prevalent and the charity is very little. In fact, most time you go to those places in the world and where you do find charity are from Christians from other places in the world. Charity and the giving and the taking care of people come from Jesus Christ. All of the good things in this world come from him says in verse 4, then Moses said, thus saith the Lord. Now, this is the final plague. And remember that there it, it is going to be, this plague does exist and it is going to exist because the wages of sin, the cost of sin, what sin brings about is death. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. These are common verses that most people know that are in the church, and they are common because they speak to the overarching story of history. And the story of history is that sin entered the world through one man, Adam, but life entered the world through Jesus Christ. And so the wages of sin is death. And if Pharaoh is going to choose not to do God's will, and remember, anything that's not of God's will is sin. Anything that's not trusting in God's will and purpose is sin. The Bible says anything that's not of faith is sin. And the wages of that sin, the cost of sin, is death. But God's gift is life, eternal life, spiritual life, com complete life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And it says, thus saith the Lord, about midnight I will go out into the midst of Egypt. And all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. From the firstborn of Pharaoh who sits on the throne, even to the firstborn of the female servants who is behind the hand mill, and all the firstborn of the animals. Notice, every firstborn is going to die. This is a picture of the initial blessing of God. He is going to totally, well, this is going to upend Egypt. For like I said, several hundreds of years, two or three centuries, 
Egypt's going to languish and be be a non-factor on world on the stage of world history. And the truth is, they are going to be under the yoke and under the power of other nations for generations to come. They're going to be they're going to be taken by Alexander the Great. They're going to they, at no point in time will Egypt be as great as it was before this time. It says, all the firstborn land of Egypt shall die. Verse 6 says this, then there shall be a great cry throughout the land of Egypt, such as was not like it before, nor shall it be it like it again. There's going to be a great anger, a great desire, a great uprising of the people of Egypt. They're going to say, we cannot stop God. We can't stop this. And why are we, why do we keep standing up against it? It says, but against none of the children of Israel shall a dog move its tongue against man or beast. Notice that you may know that the Lord does make a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. He's saying there's not going to be one thing happen to you. They're not going to rise up against you. They're afraid. They're going to they're taste uh, what is the wage of sin. They're going to taste that death, and they're not going to rise up against you. And God's going to prove that there's a difference between you and the Egyptians. There's a difference between you and the world. You are the shining light, and they are the darkness. And he's going to show that there is a difference between the two. And uh, and as they walk in that darkness, he's going to make, he's going to make sure that, that they see that they cannot stand against the light. They can't do it. It says, and all these, your servants shall come down to me and bow down to me saying, get out. And all the people who follow you notice no longer is Pharaoh going to tell them what to do. The people are going to tell them what to do. People are going to rise up and say, y'all leave, get out, leave us. We don't care what Pharaoh has to say. Y'all go. We don't care what his decrees are. His heart's hardened. You get out. And uh, by the way, a lot of times we have, I deal with people who, who are trying their very best to walk with God, but boy, the world just keeps dragging them backwards. And then it is eventually, at some point in time, it gets to a place where the world just pushes them away. And the reason is because you can't, the world can't hold on to that light. The world can't hold on to that hope. The world can't hold on to that darkness. And for you, if you feel like you're always being dragged back into the world, and there's some young Christians who are, and they feel that way, that you feel like you just can't ever break free, I'm telling you, your day of deliverance is coming. I'm telling you that you are you are born again, you have life, you have hope, and the world's clutches are not going to hang on to you forever. God's glorifying himself and his ability to overcome that power and to overcome that world. And so I'd say to you, you hang on, you keep going, because eventually the world's going to come and say, get out. And when that happens, don't look back. Don't be like Lot's wife who looked back and desired the world. You just run toward God and the world's going to push you away. And if that happens, sure, there's always a sense of loss. Sure, there's a, a fear and not understanding what's happening. But I'm going to tell you this, walking toward God is going to bring about things that you couldn't ever imagine, going to give you hope, going to give you rays of light and sunshine that you can't believe could happen for you. And you need to long for that day when the world says, get out and all the people who follow you. After that, I will go out. And then he went out from Pharaoh in great anger. And notice God, God is, he's angry at the world. He's angry at sin. God is a just God. God is a holy God. And God is not going, I'm, I'm, I am glad that we serve a God who's wrathful towards sin. 
who's wrathful toward that which destroys. I'm glad that we serve a God who is who ultimates ultimately understands the only way to overcome sin is and death is that he would pay that price for us through Jesus Christ. I'm glad that God poured his wrath on Jesus. The Bible says he became sin who knew no sin. We understand that Jesus became sin himself so that God could put to death that sin. And I'm glad that God hates sin. I'm glad that God hates this the world order that exists today. I'm glad that God hates that which destroys humanity. I'm glad that God is willing to place all that sin on his son and his full wrath bore by him on the cross and that 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 wrath against sin was quenched by Jesus's sacrifice and ultimately that God no longer God no longer is wrathful toward us and toward sin but he is he's given us newness and the best of life through Jesus Christ and so as you go today you need to realize there's a stark difference between the two and that God's plan is an eternal plan and God's plan is a per, is a personal plan it's a plan for you. It's a plan for your day. It's a plan for where you're at. It's a plan for your life. And and no longer do you have to be chained to this world, but you could be released and delivered, and you can walk in the goodness of this world, and yet no longer be owned and controlled by it. And I pray that'll happen for you. And I pray that you'll let God let you go, and that you'll no longer hold on to the things of this world, but you'll love what God's doing for you. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.